RadioInfluence.com. The future is now. Hey guys, welcome into A Place for My Head. I'm Jerry P. Tuck alongside Brandon Thompson. And, you know, we've been telling you ever since we started that there were going to be some episodes that were going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And there were some that were going to be more serious and more dark. And this is uh, openly, this is the first one of these podcasts that's going to get a little dark. Yep. And, you know, it's something we need to talk about. And, you know, it's, um, it's the subject of suicide. And, you know, what leads people to, to that point. And, you know, it, it, in my mind, it's one of those situations that if somebody's going to do it, it doesn't matter what anybody does to try to stop it. They're going to do it. They're going to find a way. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it just seems like once their mind is made up, you know, maybe that's not even the best way to say that. I think it's, you know, we've talked about it before, but I don't know what it feels like, but I I don't want to know what it feels like, but I I can't even imagine what it feels like to get to that very point where you're like, I just got to go. I can't take this anymore. You know, I imagine it's... Uh, there, there were probably a lot of adjectives to describe it, but terrifying. Oh, uh, it's terrifying just to try to imagine it. Right. You know? And, you know, what leads somebody up to that point where they feel so trapped that that's the only option they have? Right. And I mean, the only option, obviously the only option. I just, I, it's so hard to imagine, but it's so terrifying to think of. And it's, it's just, it's tragedy, tragedy. It's sad. Just, just thinking it's of it, I, I'm like can't find words. Yeah, no, it's it's very tragic, and you know, you always hear the stories of you know, we never saw it coming, and mm-hmm. you know, he was the last person I would expect to do that. So happy and and you know, good person, this, that, and the other. Right, and it's like, well, that just goes to show you didn't really know the person as well as you thought you did. Right. Right. And, you know, that's why why we're doing what we're doing here is to open that line of communication. Right. And, you know, I I said last week when when I teased the episode for for this week that it really pisses me off when people say, oh, well, suicide is selfish. He, you know, he didn't think about the people he left behind. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> no. you know, a lot of times it's it's a situation that. They look around, they, you know, people may not necessarily see a way out and they feel like a burden mm-hmm. to those around, around, you know, to, to the people that matter, to those around them. It's a disease. It is. It's a disease. I mean, it, honestly, like nobody can, uh, nobody can, if you don't know anything about it, if you haven't experienced it, you have to recognize that it's a disease. So it's out of that person's control. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't see people coming out of the woodworks when someone uh, happens to die of lung cancer, of smoking and stuff like that, calling that person selfish. You know, yeah, they're probably like shouldn't have smoked or whatever, but people are so quick to attack these situations and call them selfish because they leave behind loved ones and children and this, that, and the other. But man, it's, 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 it's not a choice to them, to these people when they do it. It's not a choice. It's, it's the only thing to do to fix them. That's the only way I can describe it. Think about these numbers. According to the CDC, one death by suicide every 12 minutes in the country. That's insane. The 10th leading cause of death for all ages. So, I'm everybody. Suicide is the 10th 
leading cause of death in the United States. And people are scared to fly. Nearly 45,000 people, I caught that, mm-hmm. nearly 45,000 people every year die from suicide. It's... But people don't want to talk about it. Right, right. <laughs> we, there's text and drive campaigns, right? Yeah. There's... Uh, Pink ribbons for breast cancer. Breast cancer, any kind of awareness you can think of, but why are we not talking about suicide prevention? Yeah. And, and mental health, why? Because people are afraid to talk about their own demons, maybe? <sighs> People that's, are afraid to talk about, you know. That's part of the problem. Yeah. Yeah. And and and, and that ignorance, man, like you, 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 nobody wants to take on the negative aspect of mental health because of the result of suicide being an option. And you don't want to, nobody wants to tie their brands to it. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Here, here's the number that I find the most staggering and not that I'm going to get all stats on you because this is the last one I'm going to mention. But there's a suicide for every estimated 25 attempts. So for every one suicide, 24 people tried and failed. Wow. Wow. It's like breathtaking, man. That sucks. Holy shit. Yeah. I, I didn't even know that. I knew like the numbers were skewing, skewing towards like a younger uh, demographic. Well, no, they're, they're, they're really not because, well, here I go with another stat. There's one suicide for every four suicide attempts in the elderly. Jeez. So it, it's not just young people. It's not just elder. It's everybody. Yeah. Why are we not talking about this more? Why are we not taking this more seriously? Uh, that's why we're here. Exactly. So just two <laughs> normal Joes trying to trying to create awareness. Yeah. The, these numbers, and, and I'll post the link to uh, to these numbers because it's staggering. Suicide among males is four times higher than among females. Poisoning is the most common method for, of suicide for females. This is cr- why are we not, why are we not talking about this? I don't know, man. It, it, it's it's super unfortunate. And then you know, the celebrities in the world, and you know, the people that have a voice, like um, uh, musicians, and just any type of uh, you know role model to kids and and other people when they come out and they say things like you know that that person was selfish for for doing that you know you're you're they're they're sending a shitty message to Mm -hmm. people that look up to them like if you're gonna have an opinion about something make sure you're you're well versed in it and you understand it and you don't just come off as a dick and piss off a lot of people at the same time it's not a good look no not a good look. No, not at all. And and this goes back to the conversation we had last week about keyboard warriors and people yeah. running their mouth about, you know, anything and everything they can just because they have an outlet. And it's like, no, no you yeah. don't. No, You've got to be smarter about things. And and people are so impressionable, you know, especially uh, the, you know, uh, the kids, you know, the younger ones and stuff. So that gets cemented in their brain, you know, just like just like our past when we were told that we were weak as hell if, if, if we were sad or whatever, you know, that's cemented in our brain, right? We we reflect on that kind of situation in those conversations as we grew as kids and it's still there, right? Well, they're going to... Social media being as awesome it is, um, but you know that's being soaked into their brains. That, you know that something like that is selfish. So if I mean, how would you feel if then later on in life you, you you knew that you had to get help or you didn't or you didn't know how and you got to that moment you knew it was selfish. But you know what what kind of chemical imbalance does that create in your mind? It's just not fucking cool. Like. 
positivity is, is the key for everything in this kind of situation. Um, and people that can find po- positivity, positivity, you know, be affected, like like the families that go through this. They don't need to. They don't need to hear a celebrity say that, that their husband is fucking selfish. Well, and, and when you say positivity, we don't mean Mister Rogers' kumbaya positivity. No, you know, those annoying people that are happy-go-lucky in their their cardigan sweater and their whatever no. you want to bitch slap. No, you know we're we're talking the the kind of positivity that actually matters. Yeah, because when when someone says, I mean, you could be a super celebrity, you could just be a regular Joe like us, and, and you could say that to someone and uh, about, like, say, like, uh, hypothetical, you know, like, news happens and someone has, you know, committed suicide, which is not really that hypothetical because it happens all the fucking time, but you could be in a, in, a, in a common situation with a group of friends and be like, what a fucking coward, you know, what, what, how, how, how selfish do you have to be to do that? And then the person right next to you, their dad could have done it. Mm-hmm. How would you feel if you knew that? Just looking at the numbers, there isn't a person alive that hasn't been touched or, or had, had to deal with suicide at some point. As a situation, right, right. I mean, I can get, just just do the math, right? No, I mean it sucks. The numbers, I mean, numbers are numbers. They don't lie. I mean, I could tell you right now. I could we can get super, super, super uh, personal, and you know, I, I mean, I guess it feels appropriate because we're talking about assholes that are being insensitive and not take, taking in consideration that people. Uh, you know, were massively affected by a lot of these things, and even though they didn't do them themselves, right, or they weren't directly tied to it in some shape or form. So, here's the story. Uh, I've been married to my wife um, eight years, and uh, you know, I love her to death, and but she was massively affected by a suicide, and um, and she was also young, uh, like I'm sure, like around 18, maybe a little bit older, something like that. But this just shows you how small of a world this is. So she had a relationship with um, with this guy who happened to be uh, the younger brother of a major, uh, I guess you could say, alternative style rock band um, that I won't get into. And, you know, they were not dating, but, you know, they were, you know, there was definitely chemistry there for them. And, and uh, they loved each other's company and all that kind of stuff. Well, um, so the brother toured with uh, his brother's band, and he also did touring and um, uh, other jobs with other bands and stuff like that. And, and this, this gentleman happened to be on tour, and I guess they had a day off or something like that. And uh, my wife had talked to him. You know, all of our friends are, you know, connected. And um, it, it's interesting because I, I was telling you earlier before we started this that, you know, all the all these shows that, that she was telling me about that they were doing, like I was probably standing next to him and her or you know at one point in time and we crossed paths so many different times in the two bands i'm talking about i definitely know like just so crazy how small this world is but back to the day off um uh he i guess they they were in a hotel room um and uh i guess they had some some hooters girls in the room and they're goofing off and you know this is typical tour shit and um the, the the girls were kind of standing there and uh, he just out of the blink of an eye n- nothing nothing triggered it nothing like nobody said anything he didn't say anything 
but he literally ran through the girls and jumped out of the hotel balcony and that's how it ended mm. and um uh you know there's a a ripple effect after that right oh, of, of course um and you know nobody really knew what caused him to do it there were no no real signs other than you know maybe you know maybe living in a shadow of his brother or something like that you know but he really wanted to make um not a name for himself but you know who doesn't want to be successful but uh um you know not not getting into details and all that kind of stuff but uh another friend of mine was on that tour and uh we often you know when you're not wanting to be in party mode right uh you you need a night off from the booze and all the partying and loud music and loud noises <laughs> noises um we we always wore big ass headphones in our bunks and just you know play whatever we wanted to play and then you eventually fall asleep. My friend happened to wake up um, in his bunk uh, just randomly, you know, which was already unusual. And there's a song out there by Lincoln Park uh, called "Leave Out All the Rest." And anybody that knows that song knows what it's about. It's uh, it's clearly about suicide, and it was on repeat. So I just, I'm just thinking of that right now. That's just, it's giving me chills. Um, wow. Yeah. So it was a, yeah, it was a very popular song when it was released, but the fact that it was on repeat and he didn't do that, uh, it's just super, super scary situation, sad situation. And it's something my wife and I actually celebrate his birthday every year, you know? And, uh, and we cheers to each other and we have a specific drink and we have a specific uh, cheers because uh, he was from overseas somewhere. So, uh, you know, we'll continue to do that. And even my daughter knows that he's in heaven. Wow. Yeah. So. How does she handle it? My wife? Yeah. Um, oh, God. She was just, uh, I mean, from just the stories that she told me, like when she found out it's from a phone call. Um, from my, my friend that was actually the one that informed her that woke up to the song on repeat, right? Um, and, I mean, devastated. I mean, she's still kind of, you know, it's it's a super, not, I don't want to say sensitive subject for her. She's open when she talks about it. It's fine. Right. Um, but uh, she's really into trying. She, like, she loves, like, what we're doing, like, what I'm doing with the website. And the blogs and all that kind of stuff and trying to reach out and help people. She wants to do the same thing. But like, again, like we've talked about this before, you, people try to do this and it's like not successful because no one wants to tie themselves to the suicide right. piece of it, right? So it's super frustrating. So like, it's great that we have the ability to do a podcast. It's great that we have internet so I can get stuff out there and maybe save, not save a life or two, but like, like help someone out or just like talk to someone that wants to be talked to. Uh, and we have the ability to do that. Uh, and, and hopefully, you know, that does something one day because nobody's doing enough. No. I mean, not, and, and, and that's an understatement because nobody really is doing anything. And, and it just, it, it needs, so she, yeah, she's, uh, you know, I'm, it's like, it's like having an ex-boyfriend and celebrating an ex-boyfriend's life every, you know, every year and stuff. But that's, that, that's just not the case, man. Like we, I, we, I embrace the situation and I'm totally fine with it, but it's just, it's tragic. Cause like, 
again we referred she referred to as like happy and joking like they were part they were partying and laughing and telling jokes and um, what, drinking and like whatever like a typical thing and he just ran and jumped off like wow. I, it's just it's incredible and yeah so that's wow. that I mean it's 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 super tough to um it's it's easy for her and I to talk about it and and reference, but it's it's hard to it's hard to really open up about it uh, and, and and you know obviously get into details and stuff like that. But you know if you just you I don't know can you even imagine yourself in that situation where you know something's a light switch? And that's another thing I've heard that before. I don't know if it's a stat or not, but usually some I don't know if I read it somewhere or someone told me in conversation that like. When people do this, it's not thoroughly thought out most of the time. It's it's, it's a knee jerk type of fuck this, bye. You know, like you know, like like just in it, in, like in that instant, it has to happen. So it's just it's, it's terrible. Wow. So, to last thing on that, to any asshole that would tell me that that's selfish, know that you're you're tearing my wife and myself down. Right. So if anyone were to say something like that in my presence, I'm not sure how I would handle it. And I don't know if it would be physical or not. So wow. stop. I, 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 I don't understand. If it, look, when, when the, the person that says, well, suicide is a selfish act. They're the selfish one, not the person that commits suicide. Yeah, I mean it's guilty by association. And I mean let's 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 call a spade a spade. Yeah, it's selfishness because that person's not in your life anymore. Yeah, and yeah. it was sudden, and you weren't expecting it. So that guy's a, that person's a dick because he commits suicide, and how dare he leave me? Right. Yeah. I guess there's. You know what? That's, that, but, that could also be part of the grieving process. You know, for someone that's that close, they could be so mad at them for doing it, but. But but for a person outside, right? Like, like the, shut up. The, the person that the person that says that has never dealt with it, right? Right. Well, even if they have, I'm saying it at all, like, yeah, they're just ignorant to it. They don't understand it, you know. Or, you know, like when you have people that are super jealous or have really, you know, unhealthy relationships, and they're constantly having to fucking like spy on their spouse and stuff like that to see if they're cheating on them and stuff and and, and you don't have that trust guilty by association like what's going on in your world that you're so freaked out about over here mm-hmm. so you know maybe it, it, that- it's the old johnny cochran defense do you remember the oj trial yeah there was this huge mountains of mountains of evidence over here right mm-hmm. you've got mount fucking vesuvius of of murder yeah. evidence over here yeah but look over here the glove didn't fit that's all it took man the glove didn't the glove fit. didn't fit that was the worst thing ignore ever. everything the glove the didn't, didn't fit, fit. <laughs> it's like come on. That was the shittiest decision ever. And they <laughs> yeah, know well, that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Not, so. not to not to laugh at, but yeah. No, no exactly. You're, you're right. Exactly. But you know, we were talking. You know, when when we were talking about this episode, you know, just within the last couple months, uh, someone I know um, who I tried to help off and on several times over the last ten years or so, uh, basically commit suicide by cop. <laughs> Uh, there was a huge ordeal and, you know, the cop did everything he could not to pull that trigger, but right. he, he didn't have a choice yeah, because at that point, at that point, it was either him yeah. or the cop. Yeah. I mean, 
you know, and I, I got, I, I, no, I will never forget this as long as I live. I got a phone call from this guy one night and he, he's, he had mental, he had some, some issues, mm-hmm. le- legitimate issues. And, you know, I tried to help him out several times over the years and he'd always get better. And then he'd always have, you know, he'd, he'd always, for lack of a better term, fall off. Yeah. Yeah. And one night I got a call. It was like 1030 at night on a work night. My wife and I were already in bed and he's like, dude, I just wanted to call. And his words, I will, I will never forget this as long as I live. He goes, hey, I just wanted to give you a call and say goodbye because I'm about to spray paint the walls red. Oh, my God. I went, I'm sorry. Come again. And it, it just, I, I, I mean, out of nowhere. So obviously I got in the car and, you know, went over there and nothing happened that night. But, you know, I'd gotten three or four phone calls from this guy just like that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it finally got to the point And, you know, I feel bad saying this because I don't mean it the way it sounds. But it got to the point for my own sanity. It was like, okay, look, I, I can't keep doing this with mm-hmm. you you know, you need to get some help. We, you know, I'm, I'm here, but you know, people can't help you if you don't want the help. And maybe that was the, that was the approach I took at the time. And Mm -hmm. looking back, maybe it wasn't perfect, but, but I mean, I'm not an expert. I'm not a, I'm not a professional. Right. What are you going to do? It's, it's the old proverbial, you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Mm -hmm. It's something in his head. Wouldn't let him drink. Mm-hmm. And out of nowhere, he and I had gone a couple years without speak, and I turned the news on. No, I didn't even turn the news on. It was I woke up at four thirty in the morning, rolled over, checked my Twitter because I couldn't go back to sleep. Opened up my Twitter, and his his picture was the first thing I saw uh, on the news on on one of the local TV station news feeds. And I just went, "Oh no!" It, like something in the back of my head before I even saw it, I knew. And I was like, "Shit." That sucks. But, you know, sometimes, you know, they they always talk about people with good intentions. And, you know, I certainly tried to help this person as much as I could. But if someone, like I said earlier, if if someone is going to do it, they're going to find a way to do it. Yeah, no, that's the thing. And we can only do so much and, and look for signs and and, you know, try to blame people around them for not giving this person enough help. You know, like it, it, it just <laughs> the blame is not them. It's the disease. Right. It's the disease. And, you know, maybe maybe in that case, you don't think you handled it like, you know, properly at certain times and stuff like that. But what what, what, what can we do? Like, I mean, right. you can try to get someone Baker acted, but if there's if they're clever enough and they're smart enough, um, but they're still fucked up in the head and stuff, right. they can they can talk their way out of a situation. And that happens several times with this person. Yeah, see, there you go. I mean, I've sent, I've sent police to someone's house uh, to do the same reason, knowing that person would convince them everything was good, and that's exactly what happened. Mm-hmm. I mean, thank God there's been no action taken like that, but uh, you know, there's problems there, and uh, they they were convinced otherwise, and so at that point, even if you did Baker Act, you know, like think about. Would it have worked or not? You know, right. we just don't know. There's and, so and, many and then, ifs. And then after that 72-hour Baker Act, that person's going to be pissed off at you because you're the yep. one that got them locked up for 72 hours because you yep. thought they were crazy. Yep. And then they cut ties, and you never know what's going to happen. And, yep. How do we win? How do we win? And then, <laughs> how yeah. do we win? Somehow we try to open those lines of communication. Yeah. You know, and uh, there, what's the old line about trying to reason with a crazy person? It's not a case of being crazy. 
That's yeah. not, uh, and, and that goes back to the whole selfish thing, quote unquote, being crazy. That that's not, that's that's a bullshit cop out. Yeah, yeah. These pre, these people are sick and they need help. It's yep. a disease, and I don't mean sick as in you know what I mean. Absolutely. You know these these people need help. They need help, and they, it, it, yeah, they just need help, and they need, they need an outlet. They need someone to talk to. They need to you know express themselves or whatever. Uh, I don't know. And I just, you know, I hate eventually when, you know, someone tries so hard and then and it just succumb to it, you know, it's just, it's a sad thing to watch and, 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 and try to wrap your head around, you know? Yeah. And like you said, it's not a case of weakness. It's not a case of not being strong or not being able to handle it or, you know, giving up or, I mean, the, it, it, th- th- those are the simple words that people use to try to justify it in their own head. Yeah. It, I mean, to compare it to something like this is really like not it's not the best way to, to, to compare. It, but think about, you know, if you if you're claustrophobic, right, and you're locked in, a, in, in an elevator, what do you want to do? Get the fuck out of yeah, there. Right. Exactly. And you can't. So what are you going to do? You're claustrophobic. You're freaking out. You're locked in a, in, a, in, a, in an elevator that you have no idea when when it's going to open again. What do you What do you do? Like, I want that person to tell me what they would do. Imagine that's that's a situation for these people, mm-hmm. and you can't recognize it, or we don't see it soon enough, right? I mean, that's it. Like we've talked about before, it's like being in a prison in your own mind. Yeah. And no matter what you do. And how hard you try, you can't get out. You just can't get out. And that's how I was with my anxiety until I got, you know, the proper help that I needed. And it, it, it I, like I've said it several times, I didn't feel comfortable, comfortable in my own skin. I just wanted to jump out of it um, and just freak out. And, you know, I, there were times I would think like, oh, my God, like, am I going th- to feel like this my entire life? Like, I don't know if I can do that. You know, mm-hmm. like, like this can't, this can't be how I feel forever. Like I have to be a, a husband, a father, you know, all these different things. And, and, and you know, I have to, I have to support, support my family. And it's like, I don't, I don't want this to keep happening, but you know, not everybody has the confidence and the, the strength to, to, to or fuck humility even to say, look, I, I'm, I need help guys. You know, I, Pride can't get in, in the way of mental health. It cannot. And I'm, it, I'm going to echo that tenfold because 99 times out of 100, that's exactly what it is. It's stubborn mm-hmm. pride. Yeah. You know, several, I've referenced this before. I referenced this last week when we were talking. Mm-hmm. You know, that there was an episode a few years ago where I was done. Yeah. And when I say I was done, I was done. Like, done. And, you know, I've got a friend who... uh is in the, the mental health industry. Um, and, you know, I picked up the phone and I called her. And this is a girl that I grew up with that I owe a lot to her. And I, I flat out said, look, um, I'm having some not some great, you know, not so great thoughts right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure what to do about it, but something needs to give. Within 20 minutes, she had me phone numbers for people that she knew. And that's when I started seeing, you know, a therapist. 
mean, and it's great to have people like that. I yeah. mean, I'm definitely one of those those individuals that would, you know, if I see a sign, I'm going to do whatever the hell I can to help that person no matter what. I mean, that's the purpose of all of this. The website, the podcast, the conversations, everything is about that. Like, it's about the people that reach out. Um, uh, I love hearing from them, but it's like I, I can only do so much, right. you know, through a message on on a social media app. Well, and, and you were talking about, you know, the, we we were talking about the whole feeling of being in a prison, and you know, I'm, am I always going to feel like this? I mean, that's exactly where I was because, mm-hmm. you know, with the health problems that I've had, you know, I'm I've been in some pretty bad places. Yeah, and it's like I can't keep doing this. Right. It's not healthy. And it's not it's not a case of giving up. It's a case of literally not being able to take anymore. Yeah. Because the hits just keep coming and they just keep coming and they just keep coming. Yeah. And you keep looking for 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 a sign or just anything to, to hang your hat on and it doesn't come. It doesn't stop. No. It doesn't stop. And you know, like you said, overwhelmed. You feel like you're drowning. You feel like you're underwater. Yep. And you know, I, I can I can certainly relate to those feelings because I've I've been there. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, luckily I had people around me that, you know, did the right thing. Yeah. And you know, obviously you had support. You yeah. Know, I had support. Uh you know, I'm 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 basically like with my, my wife being my best friend, I'm an open book to her and anything that's going on with me. I'm like, you 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 go, I need to run this by you. Mm-hmm. Just to get a, a self check. You know that all things are good and i'm in a great place now but i mean uh you know uh just anxiety and all that stuff man and, and depression and just it's so sad that and it's great that you and your wife can talk like that it's awesome it's part of it's part of he- it's part of the healing process and moving forward and, right. and actually getting better right like you know when when you have a conversation with someone and or someone gives you a compliment like oh you used to flip the fuck out if it's like you know way back in the day you would flip the fuck out and i'm like not now i'm cool you know it's a it's a it builds confidence right. and it, it makes you feel like you know you're getting stronger and you are beating it and and, th- and you can like you absolutely can beat this shit well i don't i don't want to speak for anybody else so that's why I, I keep going back to to my own experiences but i know you know my wife and i, I can talk to her about anything i mean uh, anything but my concern I, I don't want to come across as a burden. That's, because, but that's part of it, right? Right, and that's that's where I'm going with this, mm-hmm. is that I can talk to her about anything, but I don't want to worry her. So I don't. And, and that's that's me. Right. And then that shit circulates in my head, yep. and it gets the best of me. And, yep. it's a, and she's not stupid. She sees what's going on. Mm-hmm. But she's waiting on me to say something. Yep, that's the messy part of it. Right. And, and you know, that's the thing that, people have to overcome and and like you said it's stubborn pride Mm -hmm. because you know i know in my case i didn't want to see i didn't want the people closest to me to see me in that condition yeah i mean that's all part of it too that that's the embarrassing part of it and Mm -hmm. and you know that we were affected when we were younger by saying you're a man man you know man up bro man up right fix it you're good like it's not cool. Right. That, not that's not that's not the fix. No, not at all. And um, you know, you had posted something from uh, Chester Bennington, mm-hmm. the the video, and and we're actually gonna throw the the audio of that video in in here shortly. But you know, it was basically an interview that he did on Kiss FM in L.A. right before he passed. 
Yeah, that was one of his last interviews. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's powerful stuff. It's terrifying to listen to because there are so many calls for help, but not call, like he wasn't saying, he wasn't calling for help on purpose, but what he is openly talking about and what he experienced, was experiencing was so alarming. It, 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 like every time I listen to the interview, it like hits me to the core. Like I'm like, holy shit, holy shit. How could, how, but how, how could you? He was one of the most, he was one of the most vocal celebrities about depression and talked about it consistently. Talked, all his lyrical writings were, were depressed, you know, type of stuff, crawling. You know, he'd do interviews where uh, he was trying to describe what, what, like, you know, being sad or feeling depressed or what clinical depression felt like. And he almost said the word crawling, but he took it back. You could tell he didn't want to say that because he didn't want everybody to like tie that song into right. it. But God, that's what it's about. That that song was a, just a in-depth description of what his clinical depression was like. So everybody was like, he's always depressed. All of his songs are, you know, about depression and sad or, oh, it's so emo or like, and they just got used to him being, you know, a depressive person and that being part of, you know, the content that they produced, you know, and the the music that they produced and just, it just became part of who he was. And, and, you know, even, you know, I'd like, I hate it. We, you know, we started with saying we hate people that say that when this happens, they're selfish. But I also hate, oh, it's all that coming. Mm-hmm. Knew that was going to happen. Really? You dick? Why didn't you say something? Exactly. Or, uh, you know, like, it's, it's sort of really coming out saying, uh, yeah, like, just all, all kinds of things of that nature. Or, so, sorry, your your demons got the best of you. Well, if you knew he had the fucking demons, why didn't you put your friend in and, and get some help? If you saw irregular behavior or something mm. like that, why didn't you do this, that, and the other? Uh, just just don't say anything at all, you know? And, and, and in that interview, you know, there's a part and nothing against the interviewer. I want to get that out on the table. Uh, he laughs at a certain point. And there was a lot of criticism around that. And uh, yeah, it's funny because uh, a friend of mine, when we posted that, right. um, an old friend of mine that I grew up with named Kim, instantly picked up on exactly what you're talking about. Right. So you know, it, she caught it too. Yeah. About how the the interviewer just kind of chuckled. Yeah, and, and it's like, why the hell are you chuckling? Well, yeah, and it alarmed me too. I didn't appreciate it, but you know, in his defense, the other side of that coin, he's he. He's on a radio show doing an interview, and uh, he's not. He's he he for sure wasn't taking what he was saying literally, right? But after the fact, you realize like, oh shit, he was really like yeah. all that shit was like real true, and the, like the yeah. interviewer was in morning show yuck yuck mode. Yes, yes, totally, yeah, totally, without a doubt, without a doubt. So I have no, I have no qualms and, and, and or beef with how how that went down it, it almost came across to me like he knew he needed to say something but he didn't know what to say so so i'm gonna have, have an dead awkward, air <laughs> i'm gonna have an awkward chuckle yeah exactly yeah he just reached for the crutch basket of of things to do in that moment probably you it, can't exactly do morning show yuck yuck when you're talking suicide no no not at all and depression yeah and mental all, health no so. no 
You know, right now we'll bring you that interview. It's from Waking Up Dad, 1027 KISS FM in L.A. This was one of Chester Bennington's last interviews. I don't know if anybody out there can relate, but like I have a hard time with life sometimes. Right. Sometimes it's great, but a lot of times for me it's really hard. And um, and no matter how I'm feeling, like I always find myself like struggling with certain patterns of behavior. I find myself like stuck in like a, in like the same thing that keeps repeating over and over again. And I'm just like, how do I end up? How am I in this? And it's that moment where you're in it, and then you kind of separate yourself from that situation, and you look at it, and you see it for what it is. And you, you're able to then do something about it. Like you've, you've now broken out of that, that circle, that cycle. And is it, is it a, uh, are you kind of, cause the first, the first couple of lines on the track make me think that you are like overthinking things in your life. Is it like a, you're it could be. I mean, yourself? I mean, honestly, like there's so many, there's so many circumstances that for me that relate to this situation, but like. I know that for me, when I'm inside myself, when I'm in my own head, it gets a, this place right here, this 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 skull between my ears. That is a bad neighborhood, and I am, <laughs> I should not be in there alone. I need, I can't be in there by myself. What are you talking about? It's just, you just, you just. It's insane. Crazy, it's crazy in here. This is a bad place for me to be by myself, and so when I'm in that, like I get, I my whole life gets thrown off. Like if I'm in there, like. I don't say nice things to myself. Like there's another Chester in there that's like wants to take me down. And so, um, and I find that it could be whether it's substances or whether it's behavior or whether it's like depressive stuff or whatever it is. Like if I'm not like actively like doing, getting out of myself and, and being with other people, like being a dad, being a husband, being a bandmate, like being a friend, helping someone out. Like if I'm not, if I'm, out of myself, I'm great. If I'm inside all the time, I'm I'm horrible. I'm a mess. And so for me, it's like that was kind of where the, I don't like my mind right now. Stacking up problems that are so unnecessary, you know, that's where that kind of that was where that came from for me. And um, and that's but it's the moment where it's like realizing like I drive myself nuts like actually thinking that like all these are real problems. Like all the stuff that's going on in here is actually just, I'm doing this to myself. And um, regardless of whatever that thing is. And so this is that like conscious awareness of that thing. And like when you when you can step back and look at something, like you're actually elevating yourself consciously. Like you're, you're, you're enlightened at that point right. to a certain degree. And so this is that moment of enlightenment where you go, you know, I could do something about this and by doing it I can move forward and get unstuck from this and I could actually be able to for me it's like I can live with life on life's terms like I can can experience the whole spectrum of humanity and not want to get out of it whether it's happiness sadness or whatever like I just want to like I when I'm in it I just want to get out of however I'm feeling no matter what it is so when you wrote this song you were clearly in that bad neighborhood in your brain or- this time last year I was a mess like a total wreck you know and like I think for a lot of people they think like if you're successful like all of a sudden like you get like a green like you get like some card in the mail that says like you're gonna be totally satisfied and happy for the rest of your life it it doesn't happen like that like life for me happens the way it always it's my the only difference is I'm in Lincoln Park like what goes on inside my head is always been that it's always been this way for me so 
when I'm not working on that, like my life gets messy. And that's kind of the, how the, the inspiration for all these songs came from conversations about life and what was going on as friends, as husbands, as fathers, as, you know, whatever, business partners. Like we were all talking about what was going on in all aspects of our lives at certain times throughout the process of this record. And we realized like, man, we've all gone through like some really crazy stuff and we don't need to find the source of inspiration. Like what's this record about? Like this is our life. You know, we always have written about our lives and like that should just be enough we don't need to find some new thing. Like life is always throwing these like curveballs at you, whether they're good or bad. Like it, it just happens. And eventually what I found is, especially with the bad stuff, cause that's the stuff that I kind of lean. That's the stuff that I, that sticks to me a little bit more coming out at the other side and being like, man, I'm a better person because of that. Or I can, I'm more compassionate because of that. Or, you know, I can understand. I feel like I can understand people or humanity a little bit differently because I've been through some pretty crazy stuff and that's a positive so finding the positive in all these things that's what we always try to do but we still talk about the feelings we had going through all these different circumstances wow terrifying I told you there are so many things that he said that I know I've thought to myself absolutely same same yep and he even tried explaining how he gets out of those situations and being a better person or, or as a result of coming out of those things, right? The line that stuck out to me was when he goes, my mind is a neighborhood I don't want to be in. Right. He said, I can't be, I can't be in here by myself. Yeah. That was the most alarming thing for me to kind of take in because when the tragic tragedy happened, he was by himself. And not that that's anyone, anyone's fault, you know, you, you, just, you can't predict when stuff like that's going to happen and everybody's got busy lives and whatnot. And it just, it, it happened the way it happened. But there's so many, there's so many telling signs in that, in that interview. I mean, it's just some deep, deep shit. And, you know, like when he chuckled, I think, I think now that I listen to it again and I've listened to this so many times, but when he's like, you know, in in this skull it's a crazy place like you know like i don't need to be in here by myself i think i think the guy took it as a as he was joking about it but he's not he wasn't fucking he was being, joking yeah he, he thought he was being figurative about it exactly yeah and and he was not not you know and i think had any 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 other type of person that wasn't trying to do their job as a as a radio host might have taken that conversation a little bit differently and been like hey buddy are you okay right like are, are you all right today? Like, I think I've had this conversation with people so many times. Uh, when you see someone in passing, like at work or on the street or maybe an acquaintance and you say, Hey man, how's it going? Like, do you really mean it? Mm-hmm. Cause do you, re- do, do you really want to know how I am? Like, right. do you really, do you, you want to sit down and talk? And it, I'll it's tell become you a verbal crutch for most people. Right. You know? And it's like, uh, Hey, how you doing? Or whatever. Like, there's the story behind that, not just a, oh, I'm good. Right. And, and, then, and then the person that actually goes into what's going on with them, it's like, yeah. oh, God, I wish they'd shut up. Why did I ask them? Why did I ask? Yeah. It's it, like, no, if you mean it, see so, yeah. yeah. Like, I, yeah. I do it as jokes. I, like, I, I'm like, I, 
when people say that to me sometimes, if I'm feeling fucking like just messing with people, I'll say, well, do, do you really care? Do you really care? You really know? And they're like, no, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh, good joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah. It's heavy, man. Well, we're going to wrap it up. I, 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 it just, I, I'm, I'm thinking about this interview and how it resonates with me and how I can relate to every single word that he said because I've had those same exact thoughts before. Same here, man. Like saying not, like when he's like, I'm not nice to myself. I say bad things to myself, you know, like all that kind of stuff and getting in his own head and letting it just spiral. I've been there. I think a lot of people have been there and being hard on yourself and thinking everything's about you when it's really not, you know? It. One of my mentors, radio-wise, and somebody that I worked with forever, would get so pissed off at me. Like, he and I got along great. I mean, we were, we were good. But he would get so pissed off to the point where he's like, I'm not even talking to you right now. Because I constantly made myself the joke. And I was constantly putting myself down. And that's just, that's just who I am. And we've talked about that yep. before. And that's just ingrained in my head because if, if I'm the joke, nobody else is the joke. Yeah. And I mean, to the point to where he would literally yell at me and go, you need to fucking stop. Yeah, not cool. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, oh. I, I, to, to the point it was like second nature. I didn't even realize I was doing it. Right. You know, it's like a defense mechanism. Right, yeah. So so I can, I can totally, I, I, listening to that and, you know, thinking about what he said, all I hear is Steve in the back of my head going, fucking told you so <laughs> what's wrong with you i told you knock it off and it's and i'm like no oh, well, okay mm-hmm. you know but it, it, like we've talked about it's easier said than done oh my god understatement you know so we're gonna leave you with stuff to think about today yeah and that's why we're doing this podcast we want you to think we want to open up the lines of communication so, you know, like I said at the beginning, we warned you, some of these episodes were going to be fun and some aren't. But the ones that aren't are normally the ones that mean the most. Yeah. So we appreciate you guys downloading and listening into what we're talking about. Uh, you know, if you feel like you're in a crisis, don't hesitate. Please, 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 please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, 1-800-273-TALK. That's 1-800-273-8255. Thank you again for listening. Thank you for downloading. And again, thank you guys for all the support. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast anywhere you can. You can catch us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and of course, RadioInfluence.com. And until next time, guys, don't forget to hashtag get it out. This is an Ian Beckles flavor in your ear quick fix on Radio Influence. You know, when you're seeing things like uh, the policies are seizing medical treatment to ailing kids and sending them back home. And I sat and watched a couple of the, you know, and I don't care which side you're on again. If you think it's right to send somebody who's dying home in any situation to their death, you're wrong. That's me. I don't give a crap where they're from. I don't care what color you are. If we're saving your life and you're here, let's let us help. Okay. 
land of opportunity. Well, what kind of opportunity is you were sending people home to die? All right? And nobody, when, when asked who put this policy together, nobody can answer who did it. That's our problem. Nobody's taking credit for half the bullshit that's happening in our country. And you know what? Republicans are bullies and Democrats are pussies, okay? I said it. I'm not either. I'm just, I just want what's right. You can find Ian Beckles Flavor in Your Ear on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and RadioInfluence.com.